with me in God's holy word to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. <clears throat> Our text is at the end of chapter 35, 2 Chronicles chapter 35. Hear now the word of the living God in verse 20 and following. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates. And Josiah went out to meet him, but he sent envoys to him, saying, What have we to do with each other, king of Judah? I am not coming against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. And God commanded me to hurry. See, supposing God, who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Necho from the mouth of God, but came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. And the archer shot King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem. And he died and was buried in the tombs of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah. And all the singing men and singing women have spoken of Josiah in their laments to this day. They made these a rule in Israel. Behold, they are written in the laments. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his good deeds according to what is written in the law of the Lord and his acts first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. The people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And then the king of Egypt deposed him in Jerusalem and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim, his brother, king over Judah, and Jerusalem, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Jehoahaz, his brother, and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Thus ends the reading of God's fear word. <coughs> Let's pray together. 
Father, as we look at the end of, of this godly king, uh, Lord, uh, it is a stunning thing that happened. And we thank you, Lord, that you have not glossed over the stumblings and the failures of the great men and women of faith who have gone before us. Lord, we thank you that you have recorded these things uh, to teach us. Lord, we beg for your spirit to come this night and that you would open your word to us, that we would understand these verses accurately. And then, Lord, we would make good use of uh, your word. You would write it upon our hearts. Uh, you would stir us up uh, to be those who are renewed in our commitment to cling to you, Lord Jesus, and to listen uh, to your word. Write that upon us, Lord. Uh, don't let us forget it. Don't let us wander from it. As we sang in that great old hymn, left to ourselves, Lord, we are prone to wander. And so we do beg that you would take our hearts and that as you have promised, you would seal us for that great day and you would keep us, Lord. In Jesus we pray. Amen. This account that uh, we have, we looked at um, briefly last Lord's Day. And we saw uh, last week what a, a striking contrast we have uh, in Josiah's life. The bulk of his life is one of uh, just a sweet, powerful testimony uh, of seeking after the face of God, uh, of being careful to do all according to the revealed will of God Almighty. As a king, uh, encouraging uh, the people of the land to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, to seek the face of the Christ, uh, he is careful, calling the priest to action uh, to lead the people in the worship of God Almighty. And last Lord's Day, we saw uh, Josiah keeping the Passover. Uh, it was a wonderful uh, expression of love for the Lord. Uh, it was a commendable thing. Uh, it was a blessing from God Almighty. And the scriptures record for us that since the days of Samuel, uh, the last of the judges, um, he uh, had led God's people in a, a, a worship, a revival that had not been seen since that day. For hundreds of years. Um, what a great man. And yet, at the end, when all is finished, what we see is 
this sad end to his life. <clears throat> One of the applications that we made was we must never forget that the purpose of the rituals of God Almighty in the Old Testament time and the more simpler and fewer in number rituals that God has given to his church in the New Testament were all for one purpose, and that is to teach us the gospel, to lead us to Jesus Christ, to have a lively faith in him, and that even going through the glorious revival that took place, uh, it, it was a blessing from God, but it was not an end in and of itself. It was a tool in the hand of God Almighty to stir the hearts of the people to look to the Christ. Josiah, at the end of his life, for a brief time, in comparison to the bulk of his life, he stumbles, not to his eternal damnation or destruction, but temporally, what a disaster this was for this great man of God. This man, and we do not know the details, had it in his mind that he was going to go and he was going to oppose Necho, king of Pharaoh. He sent envoys to Josiah. And it is striking what this pagan king tells the king of Judah, this godly king. What have we to do with each other, king of Judah? I am not coming against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. And God has commanded me to hurry. Cease opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Now, you can appreciate the fact that normally... Uh, when people are walking with the Lord Jesus and you have somebody who is a, a pagan, uh, normally it, it's not a good idea to listen to them. Normally. But what if even a pagan is telling you the truth? What if a pagan is saying, here's what God says? It would be wise to listen to God. And we see Josiah discounting this message. What should Josiah have done? Well, if he doubted that Necho was indeed telling him the truth, uh, he should have gone and inquired of God. There were a number of uh, things that Josiah could have done. He himself could have prayed. 
he could have gone to the prophets and said, would you inquire of the Lord for me? Is, is this man telling me the truth or is he a jokester? Uh, is this pagan king indeed on a mission from God Almighty as he has claimed? Uh, he could have gone to the temple and asked the priest uh, to use the Urim and the Thummim. And I'm not going to get into all of the uh, uh, amazing speculation about how the Urim and Thummim worked, uh, but it was a mechanism that God had provided. And I've got a list of passages that we could uh, look at uh, that particularly the kings uh, of God's people uh, had normally access and God would give them yes and no answers uh, through the priest who would seek the face of God there at the temple. In our day and time, the take-home message is God has given us his complete word, the Holy Scriptures. And as we are going to see, and we will come back to this, we need to be careful to listen to God. We need to be careful even when it is someone who maybe has done us wrong. It may be an enemy who is telling us the truth. We need to be careful to humble ourselves before Almighty God and seek his face. We need to pray. We need to go to Scripture. We need to seek out biblical, godly, wise counselors. And we will look at that in greater detail in just a moment. But Josiah in his day did none of those things. We see in verse 22, even though this pagan king tells him, God has commanded me to hurry. Cease opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. I mean, this, this is striking. And Josiah just sweeps it aside. Not only does he sweep it aside, but he does an incredibly foolish thing that had been tried before. You remember we uh, have seen in the history of the kings of Judah a fellow by the name of Jehoshaphat. And he inquired of the Lord. There were other kings who were in trouble and plight and they sought the face of God Almighty and the Lord heard them and gave answer and delivered them. In the days of Elijah, you remember uh, that the king of uh, uh, Judah had foolishly allied himself with the wicked king Ahab. And the Lord had warned Jehoshaphat not to go to battle. Um, Ahab, uh, he pressed on 
uh, with his foolish idea. And he told Jehoshaphat, you can wear your kingly robes in battle today, but I will disguise myself. I'll let you have all the glory. And the scriptures record for us that a soldier, it doesn't even necessarily say it was one of the opposing warriors, shot an arrow at random and it struck King Ahab in a joint between his armor and he was mortally wounded and he died just like God had warned. King Josiah, he was familiar with this history, with this account. Uh, he's warned to not oppose uh, uh, Necho. He says, I'm on a mission from God Almighty, and God has told me to hurry. What does Josiah do? He does not humble himself before the Lord. He does not seek God's face. He does not turn from trusting himself to God. But he presses on in his arrogance. Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. Such foolishness. Such arrogance. He did not listen to the words of Necho from the mouth of God. Now again, we do not know what all was going on. Perhaps there were false prophets that Josiah was listening to who told him the exact opposite. Or perhaps uh, he uh, uh, just said, I don't need uh, to go and uh, 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 present myself before the priest and inquire of God. Or I don't need to go and ask a prophet, uh, to go and inquire of the Lord. But he presses on in his arrogance, in his impulsive setting aside this warning from God Almighty. And he came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. And the archers shot King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem, and he died. What a blow. And Scripture records for us what a blow this was. That Jeremiah the prophet, uh, this was not a pagan king. This was a godly man who stumbled badly and his life ends because of his arrogance, because of his foolishness. What a, what a, what a sad end. This is not a pagan king, but this is a godly man. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah. All the rest of the people uh, who would sing praises to God, and when uh, uh, sad things would happen, they would join in uh, with the laments. And Josiah, 
uh, was put forth as, as one of the things that uh, you ought to grieve over. Uh, it is a judgment from Almighty God that this young man in the prime of his life is, is taken away. What a blow. We see that blow multiplied by the men that Josiah left. And again, we do not know the details. We do not know what efforts Josiah had made to press the gospel upon his sons. But what we do see is the men who came after him as he is cut down in the prime of his life. They do not fear the Lord. They are described as evil men. And they lead God's people astray. And this is the end of the line for the kings of Judah for hundreds of years. This is the end of the nation of Judah. It is destroyed and carried off in the captivity because of the foolishness of these sons. And so it highlights the tragedy of King Josiah's decision to not humble himself and seek the face of God. It may seem like such a simple thing, but that's how we find ourselves. In everyday life, a decision needs to be made. Are we going to humble ourselves and listen to God Almighty? Will we continue to follow Jesus or will we be puffed up with pride and arrogance and set aside God's holy word and think that we know what is best? Even the rituals of the church were not ends in themselves, but were to point and lead us to Jesus and to his word. The living word of God cannot be separated from the written word of God. For it is through Holy Scripture that God reveals his glory. And God calls upon us to be men and women and boys and girls who have faith in Jesus and feed upon Jesus by reading and studying and feeding on his word. The life of the child of God has been and will continue to be one of faith faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and the content of that faith is the word of God. The only object of true faith is the Lord Jesus. And those who are captured by the pearl of great price have great joy in listening to his voice. Turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 15. And we're just going to look at a couple of passages where the Lord shows us the connection between if we are trusting in Jesus, we will listen to 
his word. In John chapter 15, in verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And I want you to notice at the end of verse 3, this reference. How does Jesus call us unto himself? It is his word. He speaks to our hearts. He is calling us and claiming us by the word of God. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in, my, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And so in verse 7, Jesus comes back to this that abiding in him also includes it cannot be separated from abiding in Jesus' word. This great man, King Josiah, he forgot to listen to the word of God. And he ended up dying because of it. How many times do we face situations in life and because we have not listen to Jesus. We have not prayed. I'll never forget when our children were young, uh, we had a car that we, you'd be going down the road and it would just stop. There was some electrical problem in it. It, it was most inconvenient because when it would die, it would usually take at least five minutes, sometimes ten minutes, for everything to kind of cool down. And then you could turn the ignition, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then finally it would start again. And it might run for a month before it would happen again. And I had picked up one of uh, our children, and this little boy was beside me, and I was late to get back home and drop him off, I had a meeting that I was supposed to get to. And so we're going down the road, and sure enough, she died. And we just drifted over to the side, and I just kind of put my head down a little bit. I said, well, we'll just have to wait a few minutes, and then it'll start. And this little guy looked at me and he said, Well, Daddy, let's pray. Ooh. Mm. Now, I couldn't say, Son, we, we, we're not going to pray. 
I, I mean, I couldn't say that, but I must confess, I thought, I have never been able to get this car to start for at least five minutes, but we will pray. So we prayed, and the car started immediately. That's what King Josiah should have done. He should have prayed, and that's what we ought to do as we face decisions and difficulties and, and situations, we need to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, I need you to help me. I need you to show me from your word to bring to my mind by your spirit, what do you want me to do? Another passage of scripture that reminds us of of the place of the word of God is just a couple of chapters over in the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is to praying for those that uh, not only were his disciples then, but he's praying for those who will believe in him through their word. That's us. And notice what he prays. We'll start reading in verse 9. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth your word is truth. And you see, Josiah forgot. He, he has a big decision to make. Am I going to go to battle and lead men putting their lives at risk? Is this pleasing in God's sight? And he foolishly and wickedly discounts this warning. Yes, it was from a pagan, but it was the truth. And he should have humbled himself, not only praying, but sought the word of God's mouth. And God has not just given us a portion of his word. He has given us the entirety of his revealed will. 
And because of his goodness and kindness to us, in Jesus, he has given us his spirit. And I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to see what God says about his word. In verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And so this word of God is breathed out by God. And we see up in verse 15 that the word of God is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The word of God leads us to Jesus. And then in Jesus, the word of God, look at verse 17, that the man of God may be what? Complete, equipped, thoroughly equipped <coughs> for every good work and so not only ought we to pray that's what Josiah should have done but we ought to be going to the word of God because if we rightly understand the Bible God has the answers to equip us for every good work Josiah should have asked is this man telling me the truth? Have you really sent him, Almighty God? Do you want me to go to war with him? Most of the decisions that we make are not going to be whether to lead armies into battle. But nonetheless, many of the decisions that we will make can have profound implications for our lives. Everything is important. Everything is either in and of itself a big thing or a little thing that leads to other things. And God calls upon us to be men and women who live in accordance with the word of God. I am so thankful that the Lord has led us on this journey as a congregation, reading through the Bible together in two years. Oh, what a blessing to be able to talk in our homes and in our church family about the Word of God. As Psalm 1 says, the happy man, the blessed man is what? The man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but our delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And on his law we meditate day and night. God therefore makes us in the Lord Jesus Christ like a tree planted by streams of living water. That's why God has recorded this for us about King Josiah. It is a warning to us not to be arrogant, not to be foolish, but to be men and women who are quick to pray, not like a foolish daddy going down the road and it's a little boy who says, Daddy, 
why don't we pray? We ought to be the ones saying, first and foremost, <coughs> I need to pray. Let's pray about this. And we ought to be the ones who are constantly going to the Word of God, saying, Lord, what is your path for me in Jesus? God has recorded this about King Josiah so that we would learn to trust and obey, so that we would delight in the pearl of great price and have our ears straining to listen to what he would tell us to be and do for his praise. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just confess to you that so many times we find ourselves in the thick of troubles or difficulties and finally it will come to our dull hearts. You know, I really ought to pray. Father, we beg that you would give to us, uh, Lord, a, 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 a shake tonight. And that we would see this great godly man who stumbled because he was full of pride and arrogance and thought he did not need to depend on you. Lord God, we beg that you would make us those who are quick to seek your face. Oh, eager and hungry to listen to you, speaking to us by your Spirit through your Word, the Holy Bible. Father, bless the young people and children in our congregation to be eager to go to their, their mama, their daddy, to listen uh, to the words of wisdom. Uh, Lord, bless us all to be those who would seek out, uh, not only you directly, but uh, particularly, Lord, when we're still unsure, when we're still confused, to seek out, uh, Lord, godly uh, men who know your word. Uh, Lord, make us uh, wise. Take us by the hand. Be our good shepherd, Lord Jesus, and lead us as your sheep. <coughs> we love you, Lord. We pray that you would write upon our hearts this precious truth. In Jesus we pray, amen.